0: Don't burn candles at both ends. Um, end at end? Ask Oksana. Oksana, <laughs> is it on or at or uh-huh. a? On, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So do not burn candles. Um, yeah, just burn them at one end. <laughs> I think it's going to be at. Yeah, bad. That's bad. On my notes, I have at, but. But I do know that my notes are my notes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I read this quote that I really liked, and so sometimes I think it represents us. Thank you, Joseph. Um, I read this quote once that I think it represents ministry. Somebody said, ministry is like a duck that appears calm on the surface, but paddles like crazy under, under the way to stay afloat. <laughs> And sometimes that's how it is. You you appear one way, but in reality, you gotta paddle like crazy to just to, to, to make it and just to survive. I'm gonna talk a little bit today about um, uh, the other side of ministry that sometimes we don't like to talk about, the discouragement part. And so, about when people get burned out, when people kind of get tired and uh, get discouraged, fatigued, and disappointed, maybe because they've tried, maybe because they honestly, um, the people they really poured into, they didn't turn out good. And they didn't, you know, see the results or, um, or their life. Other areas of their life are also very very difficult. And on top of that, you know, there's somebody in ministry and there's expectations and there's you no know, maybe clarity in what you're supposed to do. And, um, and so when I kind of addressed that, and when I, I looked over my own heart right now and I said, you know, how do I deal with that practically? When I find myself in discouragement, the first thing that I usually check is not on who's following me, who's not following me, Who's respecting me, who's not respecting me, who's coming to my home group who's not? who's coming to church or who's not? The first question I right away go in as I begin to ask myself is, uh, how am I following Jesus? And that's what the first thing I would do is I would write it down is that um, you can't lead well if you don't follow well. You can't lead well if you don't follow well. When discouragement settles in, when disappointment, when you begin to kind of get tired, you right away begin to ask. How am I following Jesus? If you're following Jesus good, then we're gonna address something issue. But if you're noticing that your walk with the Lord has been slacking, if you're noticing that your walk with the Lord has been shallow, not consistent, you're not, honestly, you're not excited about Jesus. You don't love Jesus no more as you used to. You're kind of going through drive through. You know, even that prayer, it's whenever you have time and everything. You have to kind of pause, not with life, not with home, group, not with your job. You don't have the luxury of doing that now. Um, But you have to pause and say, you know what? No, no, no. I'm not going to try to change my girls. I'm not going to try to change my guys. I'm going to try to get real and honest in my relationship with God. People will follow you. If you are not growing, your home group won't either. And so the area that you first have to check constantly is in your relationship. has your love for Jesus. Is it real? Because that's what really what you started with, out of your love for the Lord. And so sometimes the work for the Lord gets so busy, gets so cluttered, that honestly the, the love for the Lord gets dim. And those hard things that happen in our home groups, those hard things in life, they are good reminders to check. That, that's not guilt trip. That, oh, you probably lost your relationship with God. No, 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 no. But just good reminder to relook at that and say, you know what? Jesus Christ is the reason why I do this. I'm doing that for Him. I'm not doing that for him, her and them. I'm doing that for him. I'm doing that for him. You know, to keep the fire burning, you got to keep putting on the wood. In your relationship with the Lord, you, you, you got to keep putting on the wood. And putting on the wood is, you got to make the sacrifices to make a relationship with the Lord real and genuine. I mentioned on Wednesday about, you know, rainbow. And Pastor kind of corrected me next morning. He said, Vlad, he said, you made it kind of seem like anybody can get a rainbow. But he says, remember, in that scripture, Noah only got a rainbow when he set up the altar. He says, if you don't have the altar in your life, there will be no rainbow. Guys, if there is no altar that you set up before God, but you know, to set up an altar, and Noah had to kill one of the animals. Those animals, that meant, you know, prob- probably a certain part of animal kingdom is not going to have, you know, an ancestor. But to Noah, it mattered more to get relationship and connection with God and I just want to check if you feel discouragement if you feel tired fatigued you're too busy at work you're kind of behind on classes you're you're saying it's even sensing maybe with home group you know you're kind of trading water um the first area you check is not your home group it's not trying to pump them up it's not trying to say man nobody comes first of all I say am I coming to the Lord am I in love with the Lord am I following Jesus this is not to bring guilt on you, but this is to convict you and to say, you know what, i got to get back to Jesus. i got to get him on my knees because you know what, life is ticking, I can't live a life without, without passion. Um, you know, it's true that sometimes ministry is like giving birth on, Mon- on Sunday and getting pregnant again on Monday. <laughs> You prepared for it so long. You finally gave it birth. Everything is good, and you're like, man, just give me another six months. (laughs) And next morning, you got to plan that schedule for the next service. And it's like, literally, it feels like that. You gave birth on Sunday. You're getting pregnant on Monday. And then, you know, for sometimes the thing for me, like uh, last weekend, you know, we were in Seattle, and you know, and this Sunday I'm going to be in Grandview, and on Sunday evening in Grandview, and then you know, next weekend there, and then weekend after that, that, and I'm like, I mean, when is this going to stop? And to me, like, I don't look at that no more. I start looking like no. For me, what matters is my genuine and my genuine my relationship. How's my relationship with Jesus Christ? Because then everything else is yeah. I can catch you up asleep. Yeah, all of that stuff is secondary. My relationship with God is why I do that. If it wouldn't be for God, I wouldn't even have the passion to do that. Because I found Jesus, and many times before school, at this right here, I would really get soaked with God's presence, and there God called me. It's out of my love for the Lord that I started to do what I do. And I, if I forget the love for the Lord, I lose the fuel to do it. And I'm going to start doing it out of religion. And we all went to religious churches. And that's exactly how our church is going to be. That's exactly how you guys are going to be, all of us going to be. So for me, I always have to check, first of all, how is my relationship with the Lord? Am I, am I genuinely loving Him? If tomorrow everything stops, you know, for me, nothing to stop. Because it was all about Jesus. It wasn't about 200 people or 50 home groups. It wasn't about cars or money. It was about Jesus... 15 years ago, it wasn't even about my wife. It was about Jesus way before that, and it's going to be about Jesus way after that. So we always have to check that first, constantly. For most of you, 70% of your discouragement is going to be dealt with right away. Mm-hmm. You get back on your face before God. Sometimes, literally, you got to lay posture and say, God, you're all that I need. And by the way, you will begin to feel more energized. Your girls will begin to pick up. You, your, your guys, or people just will begin to be more serious about God as you get serious about God as well. Um, secondly, God rewards us for the work we do, not the harvest we reap. God rewards us for the work we do, not the harvest we reap. Or you can put not for results. Every time you see in heaven where we stand before God, the Lord tells us we will be judged on our works. You will not find in the scripture, a verse where you will be judged in heaven on your results. And your results. Some of the people in the history who served the Lord in most crucial moments, they never had big churches. Some of them lived in jail. Some of them never had anything great in their life, anything where they had to do with ministry. And in heaven, they will get a crown. John the Baptist, toward the end of his life, lost all of his ministry lost his life, and then got beheaded. Yet Jesus said, heaven doesn't see John the Baptist as a failure. Heaven sees John the Baptist as the greatest prophet ever born out of a woman. Heaven does not reward us on our works, and on our results. It rewards us on our works. Always have to remind yourself, the Bible says that you will be rewarded for your works. So check your works. Don't just, you know, sometimes we look at the results and we're like, man, I wish I could have had more in this. I wish I could have had that. Heaven will not reward you on that. God will reward all of us based on the work that we do. Even if sometimes the results, we don't see it right away. So always kind of remind yourself of that. Um, Third thing. Learn to leave Saul so you can cleave to David. Learn to leave Saul so you can cleave to david saul king saul i'm gonna explain right now just just the background story this is is a lifesaver learn to leave saul so you can cleave to david do not put too much hope into one person you always put hope in god and you always put love for people. When you begin to take that one person that you've been really working for, really praying for, and you begin to pull all of your, all of your cards in that one person, and they will fail. And trust me, sometimes God has to allow that to teach you something. Samuel had the same thing. Samuel anointed the first, uh, first king. You know, he kind of started the whole kingship thing. The first king, he was there mentoring him, guiding him. And then out of nowhere, Saul goes haywire. Saul goes bad, 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 bad. Really, really bad. And what Samuel does? What every humble pleader does? Groans. Samuel wept. Samuel was depressed. Samuel wasn't moving on. Samuel, I, I think, he probably stuck in the house and just like, man, disappointed, failure, because I got that king. If I don't know, he's going to be how, how good of a prophet I am. If I couldn't see that, this guy is a mess. And God comes to Samuel and He doesn't say, Samuel, you, you're a loser. He says, Samuel, stop weeping. He said, fill your horn with oil, go to Bethlehem, I found another king. And you know what, David turned out to be the king everybody keeps talking about today. Guys, if you found a Saul, put him into God's hands. Maybe he doesn't want to talk to you, maybe he doesn't want to come to home group. You know one day came when Saul had to use a witch to talk to Samuel. Samuel. He was so desperate to get to Samuel. Those people you put into God's hands, you see, they're no improvement whatsoever. I'm not saying to give up. I'm just saying to give them into God's hands and to say, Lord, I'm going to continue to look for souls. I'm going to continue to. You will see something. God will lead you. God will restore your passion, your vision, and souls will be drawn to you. Because if you hold on to them, trying to squeeze that living life out of them. And you see, they have no interest whatsoever. We all, I think almost half of the home groups here have a soul. I'm not gonna name them here now because they're all on your mind right now. That person, yeah. But be careful. Don't, don't rush quickly into calling somebody a soul until you first examine your heart that you're not the one yourself. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so after you examine your heart, only then you take that time and you say, Lord, I give them into Your hands, like I did with those guys. You know, um, I'll be frank, honest with you. Um, you know, Brian Molina was released to be a home group leader. I never allowed him to be taking a picture because I didn't feel very confident about that. But just just released, he met, I think, once or twice. But I knew that commitment. (coughs) He couldn't come to Friday nights because, you know, this and that. And I knew that problem was not with Friday nights. The problem was always with commitment and stuff. Because tomorrow, he couldn't make it to home group. The day after, now he couldn't make it even to Wednesday service. The problem was never with Friday nights. The problem was always with the commitment. And same thing, even with, you know, the uh, little little girl, Oksana, or, or even with Courtney and everything. And I told I told Lana, uh, because some of the girls here, yeah, I told her, I'm like, Alana, if you don't give them up, they will take you down with them. You won't see the future, number one. And number two is that they won't turn around because they don't need the leader who's depressed. And so I'm like, you put them into the Lord's hands and you go on, fill your horn with oil. God's going to give you new souls. You know, and <laughs> the biggest compliment that I get today is when some of those precious souls, they reply and they said, oh my goodness, ever since I stopped coming, more people go there so they're like you know Armando texts me today he's like I watched Wednesday service he said the whole place is packed I can't believe it you know and I always tell those people that I'll never give up on you but I won't stop because of you always have that mindset always have that mindset okay I won't give up on you but I won't stop because of you I started because of God not because of you and I won't stop because of you I I'm committed to the Lord Jesus is my boss not you Always kind of keep that in the, in, the, in the back of your mind um, uh-huh. i won 't give up on you yeah yeah i won 't give up on you and i won 't stop because of you yeah and it's kind of all you know all comes back to a commitment to the Lord instead of commitment to people, just commitment to people um, and let 's get practical let me give you uh, Practical, one, two, three. Number one, uh, practical part is take care of your health. If you are fatigued, discouraged, and tired, there's a very high chance you're not exercising, you're not properly uh, properly eating, and you are not taking care of your health. Uh, having a strong health... Good health. And I understand sometimes we get very busy, but if you're too busy to take care of your health, you emotionally will be also struggling. And so you got to find that time. If Whatever it takes, if it's to walk, if it's to go running, if it's biking, going, on the, seeing the nature, but going hiking, but something where you can do outside of your 8 to 12-hour work, outside of that just kind of a drama that you take care of your health. Uh, Brian Dyson, a former... C-O-O, not CEO, but C-O-O of Coca-Cola delivered a speech at Georgia Tech at 1996. And he said something very interesting that I, I highlighted, kept in my notes. He said, life is like a game where you're juggling five balls at the air. Work, family, health, friends, and your spiritual life. You're keeping them up in the air. Work is like a rubber ball. If you drop it, it bounces back. All other four balls are made out of glass. If you drop them, they will... Uh, Irrevocable scuffed. They will be scuffed, marked, nickled, and damaged, and you will never be the same. Life is like juggling five balls. You know, when you are in school, it's just the school and the church. It's very easy. Then everybody wants to grow up, not realizing you're getting more balls to juggle, and you all have to keep them all at the same time. And so all balls that you're juggling in the air, you know, it's your work, it's your family, it's your home group, it's your health, and it's your personal relationship with God. And usually the one that we constantly care for, and I'm not in any way encouraging, that you should be slacky with your work, come late and all this stuff. But the obsession and the the care that we give, and now we got another big ball that's out there called Netflix, and there's another one called social media, you know, and that one definitely needs to be juggled all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We're gonna miss out on what the Lord is saying in these last days <laughs> if we don't see the latest cat videos and stuff. So, and all, the, the the ball of the ball of work—it's a rubber ball, it means it's it goes on the ground and it will bounce back up. The rest of the balls—they're made of glass. If they fall, they break, and you're gonna suffer. When it comes to fitness. You have to start small, but start now. I want us to create a culture not of skinniness, not of obesity, not of buffness, but a culture that honors health as much as healing. And to do that, we have to honor fitness. Pick something you enjoy, exercise with friends, and make it everyday activity. Uh, Make it an everyday thing. It will restore your energy. It will rebuild your self-esteem. It will encourage you. It will make you stronger. It's a great stress reliever. And it's a great opportunity also to catch up with podcasts and to catch up with things. Make that. Do not make excuses. I can't afford to. I can't do it. Even if it's a small thing with the family. It doesn't have to be in the gym. It doesn't have to be, you know, with your running shoes. But some kind of activity that keeps your heart pumping and keeps the thing. Same thing when it comes to food. If you are drinking, you know, soda. If you're constantly eating junk food. If you're constantly eating that, you are, cre- you are creating our coffee. You are constantly allowing things in your body which will destroy you. And the average American person takes 3,700 calories a day. When you are recommended, only 2,400 2, for a guy and 1,700 for a girl. No. Most people, most people, our problem, we in this country die not because of lack of food. We die of obesity. There's more deaths here than there out of starvation. In here, all of our deaths are because we eat too much. The whole idea that if I eat less, I'm going to die. No, you will actually live. So we all have to be very careful. And that's one thing I started to monitor. Actually, I got this watch that monitors my calories how much I burn by walking and so it monitors my my steps so how many steps each day I take and and all this stuff it kind of reminds me for every hour that I have to walk for a little bit so if I didn't it beeps that I need to walk so I'm like man stop controlling me my life and stuff so and I started to kind of even with the whole coffee thing I uh, you know it's a sacrifice coffee is such a sacrifice for me it's a living sacrifice I lay it on the altar it comes down from the altar (laughs) I have to put it back on the altar it climbs from the altar and so, uh, and some of you know my uh, coffee addiction. And so, I got convicted yesterday at Costco. And so, and then decided to go, you know what, hey, I, I have to pull it off. I can't live on coffee. I got I to gotta have an energy that comes from me, not from coffee. And so, um, so today I decided to, no, I'm not going to do it. So, I get a headache because I'm so used to that. <laughs> so, I'm like, man, my headache. And then out of nowhere, Larissa offers to buy me a cup of coffee. That's like a devil himself came in a form of this. <laughs> it's like just when I decided to have that decision, you know, and and I was like, no, Larissa, thank you. Oh, you know, yeah, I, was self- I suffered. No, t- tomorrow, no, we're gonna have tomorrow. Just, just Saturday, just Saturday and Sunday, just Saturday and Sunday for now, but not a Monday through Friday. So please don't tempt me. I know some guys bring me coffee before for morning prayer and. No more and stuff. And then I was so bummed out that I didn't win a Starbucks for a lifetime. <laughs> then I thought about it. I'm like, man, that would have been a curse, not a blessing. Because <laughs> so, I saw what, what I was drinking. I saw what it contains and all kinds of different fats. And not the calories, but the other stuff. I'm like, my? I don't want cholesterol. I don't want that problem. I don't want diabetes. I don't want this, you know. So, and, uh, so take care of your health. Um, the second tip is that you have to rest well. The second tip is you have to rest well. Rest well. Rest rest well. Now, I understand that we have people here who work a lot, and we all have to be working hard. The more successful you are, the, the more work you're going to have. Uh, the less work you have, it's because, I'm going to just say it straight out there, it's because you're just not successful yet. The moment you get more successful, your work always increases, not decreases. That's just part of life. Um, family, children, you just get more busy, not less. If you're waiting to be less busy, that's not going to happen. Um, And for those of you who are hoping that we cancel every service except Sunday, our goal is not to, each service is like a log in the fire. Your goal is not to empty the fireplace of logs. Your goal is to create fire. Whatever it takes to create. And most people are more interested in keeping their schedule clean instead of keeping their life fulfilled. Always remember that. If you're a hungry pleader and you're waiting for, I just want to have every night free. Well, you had that when you were in the world. What did you do with it? Not much. You don't aim to have a lot of free time. A, to have a lot of fulfilled life, yeah. which makes what you do enjoyable. That's what really aims. And if you don't enjoy it, see how you can change things. But you need to enjoy things. If you say, I need to take a break from hunger because it's taking, it's sucking life out of my, my life. No, 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 no. Find a way to, so it could bring life into your life instead of taking life away from you. Amen? You know, that's in the Bible. Very interesting. That God started each day in the evening, not in the morning. Every day from Genesis, when God started the creation, days began not in the morning, in the evening. That meant each day begun with rest. Then when your day was started with rest first, and then the activity came in. That means that you start your day, we start today you know, in the morning with coffee. Actually, God started a day with rest. Your day starts at 10 p.m. Unfortunately, for most of us, we don't start it at 10 tempi- p.m. We do a lot of other things and stuff, and we don't do anything during the day. And then when the night comes, when God wants you to start your day to, to fill you with energy, we, we, do, we waste it as long as we can because we're a night owl and all, all, all other things and stuff. And then we, we destroy our health. We destroy our emotions. We affect every area of our life. And then we blame everything on ministry. <laughs> your day doesn't start when you get up. It starts when you go to sleep. Rest should begin your day, not coffee. Now, this in any way am I encouraging eleven-hour sleeps or ten-hour sleeps or nine-hour <laughs> sleeps or eight-hour sleeps? No, 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 no. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not encouraging you to sleep a lot. I'm encouraging because you can sleep a lot and not rest. Rest and sleep are not the same thing. Learn to take short naps. Learn to do things that refuel your energy. And Remove as much suckers as possible that drain your batteries completely. And the last thing, which I think is how helps to be rest, restful, is to prioritize your schedule. Prioritize your schedule. Prioritize your schedule. <laughs> All of us have heard the quotes, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Um, we've always heard, you know, either you manage your time, or your time will ma- master you. Um... I've read the statistic that 85% of what you do, anyone else can do it. I'm going to talk right now to those of you who are helping in the ministries in their church. And you're the only one maybe running it. 10% of what you do, someone with a medium of training could be able to accomplish it. 5% of what you do is only what only you can do. 20% of your priorities will give you 80% of your success. Priorities will give you 80% of your success. 85% of what you do, someone else can do it. Uh, some other uh, percentage, if you train somebody, they'll do it. And then there's a small percentage where only you can do For example, no one else can pray instead of you. No one else can go to the gym. I cannot tell um, my homeboy, hey, uh, Esteban, could you go and work out for me? You know, if he will, he can go work out for me, but it won't resemble on my body. It will only resemble on his body. You know, I can't ask Bryce, hey Bryce, I'm not showing up to morning morning prayer tomorrow. Could you take my shift, you know, cover my shift before the Lord and stuff, and just let the credits transfer to me while I'm going to be, you know, doing something else. That can be happened. I can't have someone else have the vision for the the church. I can't have someone else uh, have that energy for me. I can't have someone else, you know, preaching on Wednesday. I can, but I know that's my job. I can't have someone else carry that vision every day, praying for 50 home groups to break uh, the barrier of 200, 15 people in their internship, 10 home groups in their teens, uh, a Bible club in the Chihuahua, and have 50 people in their teens having two Sunday schools and having a Spanish translation. No one can pray for that as I do. It's, it's in my mind 24-7. And when I pray, it's, it's in my mind. I'm, I'm thinking about it. That is what I can do. When it comes to answering an email, answering a phone call, editing a video, uploading, uh, changing, uploading a graphic to the thing, picking up this, that's where I can have other people who can assist and help me. And you have to be exactly the same way. You learn to prioritize your schedule. Some of you are like a duct tape. Anywhere you roll, you pick things up. You make commitments to so many things that are completely out of your league. If you have the free time, that is awesome. But if you don't, you got to preserve to what is more important to you learn to say no learn to trim things so you can be more focused on the most important things uh, this comes at a high price for me this year As some of you know the years before how much i had to sacrifice of the things that i loved I like editing videos like uh posting things on hunger generation facebook like uh you know taking micromanaging the smallest details cutting the grass in the church I enjoyed that, and I felt like oh, people didn't care about it as much as I did, and it broke my heart that people didn't, people didn't care about it. So I was like, you know, I'm going to jump in a more myself, and I'm going to take care of it because I care for that. And so same thing with videos and things with other things. And when I begin to delegate that, I've noticed a growth in myself and I've noticed grow, growth in our church. Um, this week, you know, I've delegated. Uh, I had one more thing that I was holding on to. It's the church email that I was answering because we received the uh, money, not money, but the reminders of how, how much people gave. And so, and a few other things that were coming in. There is some very questions sometimes from people that I believe that I had to answer. And so I was constantly in charge of that. And that's the part I wasn't willing to let go of. And so, um, well, I decided to really just go to another level and I hand that over to, to Martin. We changed it so we don't receive the emails about the papal donations, but they go straight to the church account and they get added right away there. So that was taken care of. And so, um, and then one more area which I knew for a long time that I had to uh, close my home group and I need to open my heart to 50 home groups and carry all 50 in my heart, not just one. You know, and most of you know that when it comes to things, I always lead by exa- I always try to lead by example and stuff. And, so, and I've had a home group for as long as we started. By the way, you know, I had mine and everything and stuff. So, and uh, two weeks ago or a week ago, that's when that happened. And I'm going gonna, gonna to tell you straight up is that part of me, like, almost I felt like it died. Because uh, doing a home group is something I enjoyed. But because of the schedule now and because of the responsibility that the Lord placed on my heart, and that is to carry a burden of 50 home groups, not just one. And stuff, and I have a big closed home group now and stuff. So, and now I believe this year your guys' home groups will go to another level, yep. even because of that sacrifice. I know some of you are like, Man, that's not a sacrifice, I would want to do that. <laughs> uh, well, that's when you know that you shouldn't. <laughs> so, but for me, it was, it was a sacrifice. I need to prioritize my time so I can read more. So, my challenge is to read a book a week. So that I could read more podcasts, listen to podcasts, you know, and I tried to listen to two, three, sometimes up to four sermons a day, and so that I could enlarge myself, so I can grow, so I can get up to speak, and I could be fresh. My wealth can be overflowing, and so for me to do that, I have to Im- invest into myself every single day, and to do that, I gotta protect my schedule. And same thing with you guys, the social media things, you know, the things have to be trimmed. The, the other things they have to be trimmed. Why? So that you can focus on what really you're here for on this earth okay so a lot of it being tired discouraged a lot of it guys is is time a lot of it is our, the way we manage our time the way we take care of our health the way we get take care of our rest and honestly the way we take care of our relationship with God and our philosophy about results and work